Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, September 19th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all kind of day. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, phone lines are open right now. Pick up the phone and join us, 855-950-3835. I'm going to be getting those calls here pretty quickly today, so line them up, 855-950-3835. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road. Getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. Probably the biggest topic right now, and it should be, is the economy. I do want to talk about that some today in the open and what we can do about it. So the economy is really starting to show signs of the downturn. It's been bouncing along. Um, you know, when I talk about the economy, we're talking about the stock market, the real estate market, the interest rates, uh, freight rates, volumes, everything that's going on in the market. And we're finally starting to see the cracks. Uh, this has been a long economic expansion, and we've had a couple teasers where we thought it was over and then it came back and then we had COVID which changed everything and we're still trying to figure out where the economy is going to go. I don't think that there is any chance that we're going to have any more growth and I think there's a high likelihood that the economy is going to shrink quite a bit and we could be in for a couple of rough years. That seems to be the way this is shaking out now that we're in definitely into the downturn. This week, um, every week, it seems like there's going to be something important, right? This week, the Fed gets together again, and they will raise interest rates, whether it's going to be a half a percentage point, three quarters, maybe they'll do something crazy and raise it a point. I don't know. The market probably will not react well to this one. Um, the market's already down considerably right now, but it's got a quite a bit further to go. If we look traditionally, um, the S&P 500 can lose 50 to 60% in a downturn. We're not there yet. So there's still much more room to fall in the stock market itself the economy is, is definitely going to struggle. There's no doubt about that. So for the last couple of years, when people ask me where they should invest, oh, one more thing. This is not a political open, but politics certainly are playing a role in this. And right now we have the midterms, and that's all that is going to be in the news is the midterm elections. Um Kind of taking somewhat of a break because I'm just going to get really tired of the election stuff. But it, it's important. We need to know about it. You know, I, I can't think of a stranger time in politics. Right now, we're completely divided in this country. And the outcome of having each party in office is pretty obvious. Look at the economy and what was going on from 2016 to 2020. We were setting records, good records. From 2020 till now, with the new administration, we're not 
doing well. We're setting records, lots of them, but they're not good. Are we going to stick with this in the midterms or are we going to try to make some sort of a change? Something you need to decide. Like I said, this is not going to be a political open, but it's something we do have to pay attention to right now at the midterms. But more importantly, other than voting, and that shouldn't take a ton of work, but you should be doing a little research and making up your mind, and then you can forget about politics and focus on what's important and where you have some control. That's the big thing you've got to focus on right now. We have no control over politics, really. We can vote and that's it. We have no control over this economy or inflation or prices or rates. We have no control over those things. There's nothing I could tell you today that would help us change those things. Even if we all got together, there's nothing we can do to change those things. So we need to be aware of them. We need to know what's going on in the economy. But I can tell you the only thing you should be focusing on right now and the only thing you should be investing in is yourself. That's where you have control. Everything outside of you right now is is really out of our control. And it's, it's difficult and it's going to be difficult. So invest in yourself right now. Um, I definitely would not invest in the stock market. It's just way too volatile, too many unknowns right now. The only people who should be investing in the stock market are people who are under 50 and have a retirement plan that they work on and they contribute a certain amount of money every month. You should keep doing that. Absolutely. If you are under 50 and you have a plan and you know why you put in money into the stock market, you should absolutely keep doing it. Don't stop. You should just keep doing it. We call that dollar cost averaging. You buy stocks every month, no matter what. And when the stock market is going down, you are now buying your stocks on sale every month. That's the best way to look at it. But new money, extra money should not be going into the stock market. It should not be going into real estate right now. Real estate is a mess. Both of those investments are going to look better in a year than they do right now. That's, that's one way to look at this. There's no hurry. Um, both of those invest, well, maybe in a year. Maybe not, though. This might be 18, 24 months, might be longer. If we look back to the early 80s, and that's the closest we can come to these kinds of numbers, you know, and I I certainly remember that time. That was the beginning of my adult life. I graduated in 81. The the economy was a mess, a real mess. There was no jobs. Uh, People were moving all over the country to try to find work somewhere. Um, And that, that really lasted most of the 80s. It was uh, later into the 80s and early 90s, the economy really started to uh, take off with some technology, computers. The internet was just getting started. AOL came along. We've had a good run since then. 
Sure, we had some downturns in there, but we've had a good run. But we're back to those kinds of crazy numbers that we're just not sure what's going to happen. So in a time like that, you focus on yourself and you invest in yourself. What does that mean? Well, invest in making you better. Here's what I think everybody needs right now. This is really my theme for the show today. And by the way, um, phone lines are open. Jump in and join me. 855-950-3835. This is a talk show. I need you to call and talk to me too. Um, So jump in. Once the calls start, then I usually can't get to them all, but jump in and get them going here. Um, Invest in yourself. That's the best place to put your money, your time, your effort. Here's the way I would do it. Here's what I think everybody needs right now. In fact, I've, I've got to work on one of these for myself. Everybody needs a big goal. You need a big goal, something that gets you out of bed in the morning, something that gets you motivated, something that will help you stay motivated to sacrifice because... When the economy turns down, we're going to have to sacrifice some things. You need a big goal. You need a big goal to focus on every day. Otherwise, the everyday news can really start to beat you down. You know, many times people have asked me, well, how do you stay motivated? I know what I'm supposed to do, but how do I stay motivated to do it? One of the ways is by surrounding yourself with motivating information and material and and really focus on the positive things. You know, I, I audio books, excellent way. If you are a driver, surround yourself with audio books. And yes, they're expensive. And yes, you might say, well, if the economy is so bad, why would I spend this money? Because this is the time to improve yourself, invest in yourself. If you are willing to put $1,000 into the S&P 500, why not put $1,000 into yourself? If you were thinking about buying real estate for hundreds of thousands of dollars, why not invest in yourself? It's a much, much better place to put your investment money right now is in yourself. I posted on uh, both websites, truckingtribe.com and healthytribe.com, a new audiobook site I just found this morning. Didn't have time to look at it other than I clicked on the link and saw some of their prices, and it was pretty amazing. Um, And these are, you know, big-name authors. I haven't looked to see... You know, do they have a lot of uh, good business books or anything like that yet? I'll probably check it out later today. But I'm seeing books that, um, you know, big name authors, 17 18 19 $20, um, now on sale for 3 bucks at this website. So it's chirpbooks.com. Check it out. Chirpbooks.com. I put the link on both websites, so if you're driving and you can't remember it, Just go to HealthyTribe.com or TruckingTribe.com. Now is a great time to really invest in yourself, and audiobooks are a great way to do that. Then set a big goal. Maybe your first big goal is around audiobooks. I remember setting a goal around books that I was going to read 100 of the top health books. Probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. 
certainly turned my health around and everybody around me and the listeners, and it's become a huge part of our business. And that was the a goal I set then. I And people know it. I set it on the air. I said, I'm going to read 100 of the top health books in the next year. I got it done in nine months. And it was life-changing. That's what you need right now. You need a big goal. And reading or listening to a certain number of books, that's a big goal. Getting your finances in order, I can certainly help you with that. That's a big goal. Starting a business, not today, but starting to get ready to start a business today would be a big goal. Those are all good goals. But we all need one right now. My problem, honestly, is I have to, my big goal right now should be to organize my big goals and prioritize them and start to work through them. We just have a lot going on right now. I look at a lot of projects out there that I'm excited about. We have to finish them and I have to find enough time. So maybe my first big goal is to organize those, prioritize them, and then just start working through them. What's your big goal? you don't have any idea what it should be, call me today. We can talk about it. If you know what it is, call me and tell me what it is. I think it's the single most important thing you can do right now. Have a big goal and invest in yourself. I have some other things. I, I, you know, I keep kind of starting to open with this topic. And before I get to all the meat of it, the calls start coming in. So uh, we'll go to the phones, find out what's on your mind. Let's go to California to get started. Jerry, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Kevin. I've just got about four little brief things on my list to catch up on and clarify, et cetera. So nothing really urgent, but I, I guess I agree with you. I'm already 1,400 and some books deep in my Audible account. So I That's think awesome. I've pretty well invested in myself <laughs> on that. So. Uh, and I have an awful time listening to health books. I try and I try and it just gets off in the weeds and I don't understand what they're talking about. I love let murder me, mysteries and that kind of thing. And Let me make yeah. a couple, one for sure. Let me think if I can think of a couple others that I really like. Um, did you ever try the book? I haven't mentioned this book in a long time. I used to talk about it a lot. Eat the Yolks. Yep, did that one. Uh, yeah, and I've done several of them. I even got okay. through Wheat Belly on Audible, but boy, yeah, that was boy. tough. Yeah. It was... Well, that, that, that's oh, what man. I was going to say. Some of them are really, really difficult, and some of the difficult ones are really good. Wheat Belly is one that's yep. hard to get through, but boy, if you can do it, it's good information. Eat the Yolks, and if yeah. you've already read it. That one was just, to me, it was kind of light and breezy and easy to read, but really well-written and good information. I know I've got a couple others like that, but they're just not coming to mind right now. But if you're 1,400 yeah, books right. in, you've probably uh, listened to them anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I started on the Diabetic Code by Jason Fung. I got about halfway through it, and that goofy monotone with all these extremely technical information, I just bailed on it. I just couldn't get through it. So I try, but anyway, I do have a lot of other books. So, But that's Good. not what I called about. I want to clarify several things, and this is nothing, no reflection on you at all. I just... I agree with what you say, but I want to clarify something. And that sure. is if you wanted to make light balance and you wanted the sodium, magnesium and potassium, where would you go to get them? I mean, like the potassium is a naturally occurring element, correct? Um, they all are. Yeah. They're all okay. naturally that's, occurring that's, elements. That's exactly, 
That's my point. Now, every time you talk about farming, you always use the term chemical fertilizer. The big three are nitrogen, potassium, and phosphate, but they're all three naturally occurring elements that are mined. Well, nitrogen, it's manufactured, but but the other two, the P and K, are all mined, naturally occurring elements. So why do you keep referring to it as chemical fertilizer? Now, I know there's chemicals used, and I agree with you on the on the regenerative farming, but I, I just think it's a misterm. It, it might be, but, here, but I don't think it is. Here's why. We, we, have, we have isolated those in a chemical form and stripped out all the other stuff. We, we figured out that the only three you need to make a plant grow healthy and actually produce food, those three are all that's required. It's the problems they create. It's not the fact that they don't produce food. They do. They produce food really well. It's the problems that they create, and we've isolated them as an individual chemical at this point. We're not using them holistically. We're not using natural fertilizers. We're, we're using fertilizers manufactured and isolated in factories, not natural fertilizers. So, but then that where the chemical part really comes in is that once you use that on your land, you now need a ton of chemicals to solve all the other problems. You need insecticides, you need herbicides, and this and we destroy the soil gardening this way or farming this way, and we have to have those chemicals. We have to have the genetically modified crops that can handle the chemicals, like Roundup Ready corn and Roundup Ready wheat. So it, it's chemical farming. Once you start isolating well, those is. three You're nutrients right. as chemicals, we're not using the natural forms of them, then we need a ton of other chemicals. And once we stop that, once we go back to using real, whole, natural fertilizers that do have those three elements, and we still measure those three elements, when I buy true organic natural fertilizers, it will still show the levels of those three because they're important but they're in a whole form, kind of like food for us. We don't want to isolate nutrients. We want to eat food in its whole form. It's kind of the same thing here. So I will continue to refer to it as chemical farming because that's really what it is. Well, it is. It's chemical farming, but the chemical fertilizer is somewhat of a misnomer because they're naturally occurring elements. But not the way we use them. Same as what's in light balance. We we developed all of these chemicals actually as as, um, chemical weapons during World War II. And after World War II, we didn't know what to do with them. We started using them for farming. So, yeah, I, I think chemical is the right word. We're not using a natural All form right. of those nutrients. And I, I understand. I just wanted to clarify that. I wasn't sure where that, because no, I've been to phosphate mines and seen oh, yeah. mine mined, and yeah. I just don't, I mean, it's a naturally occurring element that's mined out of the ground, and probably the same way you'd get potassium for light balance. So It could be we're just not using it in a natural form. And, and here's All the right. thing. We know the downsides to it. That's that's the real issue here. It's it's you know, maybe it would have been better, but it's not. And we know it's not now. We know the long term downsides. It's bad for the planet. It's bad for the animals. It's bad for us. 
and and instead of oh, I agree with you, but I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. No, that's fine. And then you know, there's this big push now towards this fake meat and you know being vegan because it's better for the environment, and it's not. That's a horrible lie. <laughs> it's not better at all. Um, in fact, it will probably be far worse. Now, does that mean I agree with the way we're raising our animals now? No. It's horrible the way we farm and raise our animals. It is destroying our environment. But the answer is not to go vegan and create a bunch of fake meat. That's going to make things worse. The answer is to get back to real farming the way we did for thousands of years. Well, I wish we could, but I, I don't think I'll live long enough to see so it. So I, 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 I move on to another topic. Yeah. You said about a month ago, I think it was on John and Joel, and you were talking about the uh, education system in the United States, and you were talking specifically about uh, cursing writing, et cetera, and, and you said that it really doesn't matter uh, if anybody learns cursive writing because there's always transcription programs that matter. And you've said numerous times that words matter. So I was reminded of a story about the brand new monk that was his first job in the monastery. The old monk assigned him to transcribe some of the old, old scrolls. So he was starting to transcribe the old soul, old scrolls, and the uh, old monk heard him yelling and crying and just couldn't figure out what was going on, so he went to see what was the matter. And the young monk was so upset, and the old monk asked him what you're upset about. Because, he said, in tears, he said, the old scrolls. He said, the old scrolls. They don't say celibate. They say celebrate. So words do matter. <laughs> and transcriptions can't always be trusted. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Anyway, that was just, so I just thought of that when I uh, heard you talking about the education system and transcription. So uh, yeah. probably a yeah. couple of weeks ago, you were talking to somebody about uh, rain axe on the windshield. Yeah. And I was reminded of a story i had uh, used to have a small fleet with several drivers and one of my young drivers was talking uh, was explaining how his dad just was also a truck driver all just swore him down by rain axe just swore him down by rain axe so i just kind of played dumb i knew damn good well what rain axe was and next time i went to the supply store and if anybody doesn't know what this product is they're not going to get this but maybe you do so i went to the supply store and i got a box of Ridex, and I brought that to the shop and gave it to my young driver and asked him, how in the hell is this going to help a windshield? <laughs> so you laugh and you must know what Ridex is. Yes, I do. Just for anybody that doesn't know what Ridex is, it's a, it's a dry powdered bacteria that you flush down your stool to keep your septic system working correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's basically anyway, a bunch we all of got a good laugh know, about yeah, bacteria. It, it's crazy what bacteria can do you know we've used bacteria to clean up oil spills we use it to clean up our sewage it's it's pretty incredible stuff it is so anyway i just wanted to catch up on a few little things from past shows and there you go and uh, catch up today so that's all i got today kevin thank you so much for what you do good stuff jerry good talking to you let's go to south carolina michael welcome to the program 
you, Kevin. Thank you for taking the call. I am resurrecting a Cavalier Kenworth. The 92 has got a Series 60 Detroit. It's been sitting for 10 years. Wow. And in the fuel tanks, there's a black substance. It's, I know it's algae. It's kind of a slimy black. And okay. I'm not sure of the consistency of asphalt heat. Uh, what it so, is, it's kind of, when you put it between your fingers, it's almost like glue. It's very sticky. That could be asphalt. That 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 could be yeah. Is it asphaltine will also settle to the bottom of everything. Asphaltine's fairly heavy and it will tend to settle settle to the bottom of filters, the bottom of the tank. Um, so it sounds like you could have both. Because if you've got slimy, that's usually algae. If you've got this heavier, sticky yeah. black stuff, that's probably asphaltine. The good news on the asphaltine yeah. is that's easy to get rid of, really easy. Cummins makes that product called asphaltine, okay. and you just dump it in the tanks and it works. The algae can be a little trickier because that's a living organism and it can keep regrowing and coming back if we don't get rid of it the first time. It, it may be worth it. This may be one of those trucks you want to take the, the tanks off and have them cleaned. That was a possibility. No, there's no, uh, there's no algae in there. I, oh, I had I, algae at one point. Oh, I know got what it, it is. Okay, it's got it. It's got to be the asphaltine. Oh, then, then, yeah, then don't, worry, don't take the tanks off and clean them. Because the asphaltine will be easy to okay. get rid of. I was worried you had a really bad algae problem for something that was sitting. But if you yeah. if the algae's gone I and it's it. just the asphaltine, yeah, don't take the tanks off. Just get some of that product. It works every time. And it's available from Cummins. Yeah, it's their uh, their uh, additive division, and, and it's just called asphaltine. Oh. Good deal. Uh, I replaced all the fuel lines on it. Oh, good. I, and good. it also has, it had 24 hey, or 5 wheels is, on it. They were, yep. Is this a 12.7 or an 11.1? 12.7. Okay. Because in the early like 90s, it, yeah, in a cab over in the early the 90s, pretty popular. it's pretty common in those years. Yeah, and I love that engine. But the, that early D Deck 2 12.7 was a rock solid engine, too. When I was shopping for trucks, I bought this truck in 96, and the fleet that they came from, most of them were 11.1. Yeah. And then I found this, and it was a 12.7, and I grabbed it. And it, it only has about 700,000 original miles on it right now. Wow. Yeah, that's but a keeper. My wife, you know, we have a, and I, I've been to the CMC four times. I've met you and Linda, but, yeah. or yep. you and Lisa. But yeah. um, anyways, it, it had 575 on when I bought it. So its annual mileage has always been low. And, uh, you know, I, but it had 24.5 set aligned wheels. So 24.5 tires are getting almost obsolete to get. I know. And, and who I wants them? Well, I really? got them. Exactly. Well, exactly. I changed my W900 over to 22.5s when I moved to white singles. And would have changed the front wheels too because yeah, the, the tire dealers do not want the cores. Uh, no. A good tire, when you nice. buy a new tire, you'll get 60, 70 bucks for a tire. 24 bucks, they don't even want. No, I, th I swear, I think they're so, going to start charging us to get rid of them. 
Absolutely, and they do. They don't have a need for it. It's a damaged tire. You don't. You, there's no core on it. You pay to get rid of it. Yeah. So I decided that the tires needed all new tight ten tires on it, uh, and I figured, well, hell, I just go ahead. The wheels needed paint. They're all steel wheels. Oh yeah. So the, my tire dealer in Tampa has a service where they will take steel wheels and they will sandblast them and powder coat them for twenty five dollars a wheel. Are you kidding? So really? I went to the no sandblasted and powder coated for twenty five dollars. That is a killer yeah. deal. It's a killer deal. Wow. And because they were stud aligned wheels. I had just to make sure that I wasn't in a wheel exchange program. I said, look, these are set of lines. They're obsolete. You can't buy them. So I bought eight of them from the junkyard, all in good shape, and just sent them to get powder coated. Got eight new, I just run Chinese tires on this truck because it only does about 4,000 miles a year. Right. And so... But what I always wanted was aluminum front wheels. I wanted aluminum all the way around, but they could never afford them. But I'm, I got aluminum front wheels. So you cannot buy an aluminum front wheel, stud line wheel anymore. They are obsolete. Nobody stocks them. At least the major carriers. There may be one at a warehouse someplace who knows. Right. So I've actually converted a hub line wheel now to a stud line wheel. And everybody told me, you can't do that. And I asked the question you asked, why? Yeah, right. Well, I, I don't know. You, you can't do it. Well, I found out you can do it. There you go. And here's how. First of all, the big hole that is the, you know, you, you know, the big hole in the wheel. Goes over the hub, right? The same on a hub line or a stub line. They're the same diameter. Okay. The head lugs diameter is the same. The difference is on a sub aligned wheel, that hole is basically a one inch hole. And it's just a straight hole, there's no chamfered edges. On a stud aligned wheel, that is an inch and a quarter hole. And then the edges are chamfered at a 45 degree angle. Well, I have a big drill press at the shop and a radial arm drill press. You never know what that is. Yeah. I took the tires off. I, I bought a junk aluminum wheel just to experiment because everything measuring up says I should be able to do it. But before right. I take two good wheels and ruin them, I put it in it. It works. Wow. I started with a, a bridge reamer. And I read the holes out to inch and three sixteenths. And I took a normal straight reamer and reamed them out to inch and a quarter. Uh, I bought an inch and a half chamfer, a 90 degree. And then I chamfered the edges to a quarter inch thickness. And I have a perfectly safe, there's no, there's no difference in buying a wheel already like this. Like you used wow. To. That's pretty so slick. I did it. Yeah. And I'm actually going to, I made some filming of it. I'm going to just post a YouTube video here and I'll yeah. never get around to editing it. And just to put it out there. Because everybody I am, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> Why? I, I and, love and I. I love proving those things wrong. That's awesome. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my tire dealer in Tampa, I told him I'd come by and see it. Hey, I'd bring it by and show it to him. He says, you know, he's known me for a few years, and he knows that if something I say is going to work, it's going to work. That's and right. Sure enough, 
That's awesome. So, all right. I appreciate the information. Good to talk to you. Yeah, definitely. Good talking to you. Let's go to Texas. We've got some open lines if you want to jump in right now. Today is a free-for-all. I'll stay here till uh, 9 o'clock or until we run out of questions. So line them up, 855-950-3835. Fred, welcome. Hey, Kevin. I need that gentleman's number because I have the old stud pilot at RIMS. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty slick how he did that. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I'm actually talking to... Uh, a local shop here about getting some uh, some hubs, you know. To oh yeah, this old truck over to the uh, no, maybe, you know, the hub pilot. At, yeah, uh, check check out his video when he puts it up. Yeah, it sounds like too much work. I think I'll just buy ten <laughs> rims and send them to him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple a couple things is um, I I believe yeah you know, I I agree with what you're saying about the. Um, the economy tanking, I see it all all around. I think what's happening is, whether it's uh, three quarters of a point or a point, they're going to raise rates. I think that's baked in. I think what what these investors and the market's going to be looking at is is his language, uh, yeah. Powell's language, with uh, with uh, you know if he's going to come out, you know, showing that he's going to do it do more aggressively before the end of the year or not. Uh, on other rate hikes. Yeah, and I, I don't I think, think that's where we're at. Yeah, and it does, you know, sometimes the market gets it wrong. I mean, the stock market isn't always the best indicator. They they get it wrong that investors are emotional. So it really doesn't even matter much to me how the market reacts to this week. Um, it really doesn't matter much to me anymore about how the market reacts to anything. I, I just don't think there's any way to avoid a pretty massive downturn. I, I just don't think there's anything anybody can do at this point. Well, I mean, if anyone's been paying attention, this is exactly what the Federal, the Federal Reserve is trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to crush demand and slow the economy down purposely. Because that's all they can so, do. I, we, you can't let right. inflation run rampant because that's what happened in places like Venezuela. You will collapse an entire economy. You'll you'll destroy a country's economy right. if you allow the the inflation just to continue. So the only thing they can do to kill inflation is to kill demand, and and you kill right. the economy when you do it. And and that's that. And it just takes time for an economy to come back from that. And I think we're probably looking at several years now. Well, I heard an economist this morning actually saying that the problem the Fed is going to have is the politicians are spending way more money and they just can't keep up with that. <laughs> so they have to stop the fiscal spending as well. Well, yeah. And that's really what, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it will be a change, at least in the House, and they can stop some of the spending. But, you know, the Republicans have been just as bad as, as the spending as oh, the no Democrats doubt. have in the last uh Last by well, really, last twenty. But I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of politics. Maybe tomorrow. We'll yeah, talk we'll about do that, that tomorrow uh, at the pit. So um, somebody uh, nominated getting, you for you know, my and, somebody because the other day I was talking about. I, I saw I, that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, somebody I like nominated that. you I, as my new co-host for the pit. 
<laughs> well, I am a little neurotic with, with politics. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, but, um, you know, getting, investing in yourself is definitely a, a good, a good mantra to start hailing. Um, I, I started doing that on the health side with the, uh, with the, the other stuff. And I was really shocked to wake up Sunday morning and have a body battery of 99. Wow. Wow. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a, a sleep, a sleep score of 98 and a body battery of 99. So I know I'm early so, here and, and I know I'm jumping the gun, you know, but I'm excited about this protocol and for you to get results that quick. And you did this, what, like three weeks? Right. Yeah, three weeks. Exactly. Three weeks. Three weeks doing this. Now, Which, today, today my, my body better is down to 52, and this is going to be a work in progress. Oh, but absolutely. Just to get right. there. Just to get right. there. You know, what I'm, what I'm looking forward to is retaining my body battery throughout the day. That's what I'm really trying to strive for. Yeah, so here's my goal on this, because I agree. But once I get to the point, where I can get my body battery back to a hundred most nights. Some nights you're just not going to, you know, and, and I know it. Some nights I, right. I know my downfall. I push too hard physically on a lot of things and your body will fight back and it will tell you that's enough. Um, I'm in that point right now. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about the wind again because that's my thing now. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Oh actually. yeah. I've, I've, I've already, you know, I'm starting to learn how to read weather charts and make my own predictions, but there's a, there's a woman here in the gorge who writes a wind prediction every morning and she does an awesome job on it. That's how I'm learning all this stuff. Uh, but the next three days, uh, Monday and Tuesday, don't even bother getting out on the water. They're east winds. They're weak east winds. It's just awful. So no point in even going out. So I've got a couple days to rest, and I need it. I have pushed my body between um, all the work that's going on in the garden right now, and the you know I get out on the water every time the wind blows. I'm, I'm not recovering. I'm heading backwards now. And most days I can't right. do the protocol because that's the whole point. If you look at your body better and you're already tanked, the last thing to do is work out harder. That's what we want to do. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm learning now, don't do that. You've already pushed too far. It's too late to do the protocol. I, I should be getting up and doing the protocol first is what I should do. And then, right. you know, I'd have less energy throughout the day to do the other stuff. But I'm, I'm just, I'm pushing in all these areas. And, and physically, my body is saying, hey, wait, it's just too much. You're not going to get better like this. You're going to get worse. So we, it, it, you know, it's no different oh. than how, you know, Dr. Jaquish figured out that spending even an hour in the gym is too much, that you will overtrain, right. that, that, you know, it, it, it's really good news if we think about it. If we can just get our brains wrapped around it and actually believe it, it's really, really good news that I don't need to spend an hour in the gym. I can do it in 10 minutes. Well, that's the thing I was just going to say. Now, my, my son's 20, going to be 20, and he, him and my wife. Sound like everybody else, but that's okay. Um, but he wanted to learn how to do machines and I told him the X3 and he just wants to get out of the house and do, 
which I encourage. Go out there. Right. I right. said the first thing you go in as a young man into the gym. I said scan scan all the all the machines for any good looking girls and go work out next to them. I told <laughs> That's as good a plan as any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I haven't married too long. So anyway, um, but I, I showed him how to do a, a circuit training. I try. I told him to write, you know, put it notes in his, and that's what I did Friday. Because after I loaded Friday morning and I tarped the load, I the humidity in Houston was so unbearable that I was depleted anyway. So I didn't do the stress protocol. So actually, this this these results I've been having have been one week of three uh, protocol sessions and two weeks of two protocol sessions. Wow. So I'm really encouraged about that. Wow. Yeah, I'm really encouraged about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, I, so uh, that's yeah. what got me excited. I was really excited. And, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot on my mind, you know, not just with the economy, like next week I'm going on vacation. My, my youngest is expecting we're going up to New York and it's, it's, not that it's not unplanned, but I, I'm just a neurotic when a, a day loss is a day loss. Everyone says you can make up days. You can't make up days in business. I'm sorry. Right. Whatever I would do tomorrow, I would do tomorrow anyway. That's right. how I feel. Right. So, you know, just take just taking a week off is another loss week. And I've had quite a few weeks off this year. I'm, I'm doing fine. But, you know, just uh, I know I know the, the bumps and bruises that are coming. I've right. been through it too right. many times. So that's what got me a little a little, uh, uneasy. Uh, and you know, it's time to, you know, get ready for the winter and, and go through this truck again, like I do every year. And, and it, you know, that, that takes time away from everything else. So, um, and, but I am, I am excited about this. Um, and again, you know, whether you invest in your business, which I always do invest in yourself, that, which is an invest in your business is investment in yourself. Um, yeah, that you know, get your diet under control, get your you know, get your uh, your stress under control, like I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, reading, enhancing your mind, uh, all of this stuff is always a positive. It, it, Schedule it, it and take the time and do it. That's it, that's my biggest thing. Yeah, it it really is. It's always important. It's always something we should do, but it's easy to kind of set it aside when the economy's cranking and you can go out and make money doing all kinds of things. And and I get it. Um, now is the time yeah. to look around and go, what do I do? Uh, and it's yep. easy. Look inward. Just well, focus on idle, your, your... Idle hands is the devil's playground. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, when 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 when... When now, when the economy is going to slow down, and there might not be five days worth of work out there for for some, um, th those are the days you instead of getting down and depressed, and those are the days you should shut everything off and just work on yourself, whatever yeah. you decide. Yep. yep, there there are immediate results. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, yep. the improvement in your mood. I just find when I when I surround myself with positive uplifting messages that I feel much better than when all I hear about is the lousy economy. I hate to come on every day and talk about the right. lousy economy, but I have to. We have to, we have to realize it's there. It's a thing. And then what are we going to do about it? Well, there isn't much you can do. There's nothing you can do as an individual to change the economy. So don't bother. You know, it only takes a couple minutes a day right. to be aware of what's going on. 
but then shift your focus to to what's possible and more positive stuff. And I think the best way to do that is to have a big goal right now. Yes, I, I, I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. And that's, that's why I, I, I've been posting all my numbers and everything to try to show people that, but I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where this is going to lead me. If it leads me, I know it's going to lead me in a positive direction because it's, 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 I'm working on my body. I mean, exactly. you know, I'm, right. I'm, you know so um, whether I get great results, okay results, or not so okay results, just okay, you know, just ah. Eh, either way, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Exactly. And, and that's with everything. And yeah, that's with right. everything we do. You know, my wife, look, you know, my wife says to me, I go, we go to the grocery store on Sunday mornings. And when I see, you know, I'm fortunate the, the local grocery store does have a little area of grass-fed, grass-finished meat. And I'll scan, scan through that every week. And my wife's like, but your freeze is full. I said, but you know something? When, when things go crazy, not, not, the, not the world's ending or zombie pop. I'm saying when the prices go crazy, I won't have to buy steak or, or chopped meat or anything this, next week. Because I have it. I, you know, when it's on well, sale, it, I buy it. it and yeah, I shove I, it in there. I, I, you know, I've been saying that the other place you can invest, investing in yourself right now is really important. But if we're facing inflation of 8% every month, which we are, and Biden still likes to say, he said it again on that 60-minute interview. And, you know, I, who was it? C, was oh, it I CBS know. or it, it, one of the mainstream, and they actually pushed him on it. Finally, a mainstream media yes. source yes. finally pushed him and said, wait a minute, what do you mean, you know, inflation is under control? No, it's not. And he kept trying to claim that it was. Right. Well, it only went up one percentage point a tenth of a percentage point from last month. Yeah, but it went up 8.3 percentage points from this time last year. And that's what we're supposed to be looking at. You can't keep, he keeps trying to compare it to the month before. Well, when when he came out saying that inflation didn't rise at all, that means it didn't rise from the month before that was back in July. Which is, and and, and so, yeah, but, but the core, but the core inflation stole 8%. Well, and we never, ever, ever, it was super, it was under 2% when, when, you know, he started. Yeah. We're not reporting month to month. That's not what's happening right now. If it went down three or four points month to month, well, maybe we would talk about that. But holding steady when it's at eight plus percent is a really, really bad thing. The fact that it's holding steady is not good. But he uh, he also, I I do like the other statement that he made. Did you did you know the pandemic is over? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he said so. Clearly, well, that's why Moderna, it's, it's that's over. That's why Moderna's talk, stock is tanking today. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the pandemic's over. Joe Biden said so. I, so that should mean yes. no more vax mandates, right? Nobody should be kicked out of the military anymore. Nobody should lose their job anymore. We should be allowed to cross the border, go wherever we want. There should be wow. zero max mandates, right? Vax and mask. Now, come on now, Kevin. Now you're you're now you're you're getting into the profit margins of the of, yeah, okay. of the. Uh... Come on, it's either over or it isn't. <laughs> and Joe Biden said it's over. He's the president. 
Yeah, he's the yes, he's he the ruler yes, in chief these days. He doesn't even need Congress. No, no. Well, what people don't, what people may not understand when we talk about these core inflation numbers, that takes out gasoline <laughs> and food prices. <laughs> the two things that are hurting people the most. The most, the most. Yes. So this is this is just on durable goods that we that we buy. You know, you go buy a washing machine, you go buy a car, you go buy. Uh, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. It's just not, not the stuff that you use every single day. Right. Not consumables. I think it's kind of things that last longer right. than a year typically. Um, so yeah. 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 And, yeah. and those prices have certainly gone up and that's hurting us. There's no doubt. Um, but not nearly right. as much as consumables. That's the worst when we get Correct. hit because uh, you have to keep buying those and I, over and over, which is what you and I were just talking about. Pre-buy your consumables yep. in a time like this. It's actually a really good investment. Well, I heard another, another analyst come on and said, when you see Costco having issues, then you're going to see big, big drops in the market because they have been on the on the cutting edge of the supply chain and managing everything. And there you, you know, you buy in bulk at Costco. And this guy said, if I see Costco having, having a bad quarter, I know it's time to pull out and just sit back and watch. Well, the other one that really worried me was, you know, FedEx's announcement last week and they did not need to make that. They did not need to make that announcement. They did it early. They, they weren't supposed to announce yet. But the news was so they pulled bad. They all their guidance, too. Right. Their, their news was so bad, they said, we don't want to sit on this. We want people to understand. Yeah. This is big. They, they, and again, yeah. FedEx and these final mile delivery companies have just been booming for years now. So to see them get hit hard well, is a really bad sign. And FedEx, for the most part, in, in manufacturing and 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 in consumables, they touch every business exactly. Out there, pretty yes. much, yeah, they they do. So there's no that, doubt. This is why people don't understand. People don't understand when FedEx comes out with a with a forecast or a lack of a forecast of the future. That's that's a major hit to our you know our economy going forward. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one. That that one that and that's really. Yeah. That was what what hurt the market so bad last week. I mean, the market tanked when yeah, when yeah. FedEx came out and announced that. And that's really when, you know, we've been going back and forth. You know, you can watch 10 analysts and you're going to get 11 different stories somehow out of 10 analysts. So it's always hard to know. And they right. all have credentials. You know, this one graduated from Harvard. That one graduated oh. from Stanford. I mean, they're, they're all impressive with their credentials, but they can have wildly different opinions. Right. So for a while, there's been this kind yeah. of argument back and forth. Is it going to be deep and short? Is it going to be deep and long? Is it going to be shallow and long? Talking about a, a downturn or recession. After last week, and I was still a little on the fence, you know, there there are some things happening that could pull us out of this in a little bit. And I, what they are, I think, right. if they were handled correctly, and I think it is the, the two technologies that we talk about in trucking, and we don't like either one of them for some reason, 
autonomous and electric. That that is the that that will drive our economy for the next couple of decades, just like computer technology has driven our economy since the eighties. You know, computers. We started getting PCs in the eighties, and we created a whole new right. universe of companies with all the peripherals that go with computers and all the other technologies and software and hardware and firmware. And, and it, we created a whole universe of work and jobs and companies out of nothing that never existed before. And that's why we've had such a good economic run. It, it, I think we could do that again. We, the, those two technologies well, I, will drive our economy for a I long time, except only- we're screwing them up badly. Well, I think the only the only da- downside to that is that we have to outsource all the minerals for the storage and and for most of the electronic technology. It, well, you that's know, a problem. Panels yeah, and all I know. That stuff is outsourced. Well, that's, you know? and, but we could fix and that. And that's why I don't think we're going to have that kind of boom that we had in the in the tech era. We'll have a boom. I mean, I I, I don't doubt that. And I think it's naturally occurring anyway, regardless of what happens and what the administration pushes or not push. Um, I think it's just naturally, ha- you know, going to organically happen. But I think the the uh, being that it's not going to be, it's everything has to be outsourced, or at least I think a primarily, primarily everything is, you know, most most of it's going to be outsourced. It's not going to be a windfall for the United States economy long term. I, you might be right, but it could be. We don't have to outsource all that stuff. We have the ability to do it. We, I don't know if we have the mineral capacity, though. We do have the minerals here. I don't know if we have the capacity to to, to scale it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we can't import the minerals. We don't have to import all of everything. I mean, we could start to import more of that. We do have some. We can acquire more. I, I th- see the biggest problem with this is the way the government's handling the electric part of it. That's the big downfall. That's the mistake. Yes. We, we yes. will. I, I, there, I'm going to make a prediction. an issue that doesn't need to be forced. Right. I'm going to make a prediction that we will lose a decade of innovation over this. That if you just took away all the tax incentives right now, let the free market figure out the transition into electric, and it will happen quickly and it will happen better. But we will set ourselves back a decade uh, because of all the tax incentives. Companies will form to grab all the tax money. They'll go bankrupt. We'll do it over and over. We've done it before. We did it under the Obama administration. This happened, yeah, this happened right. with uh, Lindra. Right. Exactly, yes. Right, and yeah. it's going to happen again well, I, 10 I times worse feel, this time. I also feel that the private equity market with the ESGs being pushed oh, on the other side what a is, mess. is stifling, the, stifling the innovation. Too. Yeah, what a mess. So, um, yeah, we're in a, we're in a very... Uh, a very uh, volatile, very strange time here over the next yeah. couple of years. Very strange yes, time sir. too. Hard, hard to predict. You know, like I said the other day, it's kind Did of. You it, see- it almost feels like bookends on my kind of adult life. I went through the early '80s, getting out of high school, right when all that was happening, and entering the job market, and it was a pretty crazy time. And then things, for the most part, yeah. stabilized for most of my 
you know, adult life and career. A couple downturns here and there, nothing major. We've had a really good economic run. I hope it's not over. Right. Well, you know, we I think we benefited in the late 80s from from Reagan's policies. And then the tech boom came in in the mid mid to early 90s, which helped Clinton. And that really drove drove such a driver that it lasted to the 2000s. Like you said, we had a couple of downturns over the over that course. But it was they were all kind of, I think, manufactured crisis. Yeah. People that, that control the money wanted more of it. Yep. You know, and uh, I mean, look, the, the, the data this morning with the 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 house the housing builders they they're down under forty percent of of looking at the housing market being profitable the next year and a half. Oh, the the housing market is are, is just yeah the builders the builders though the the builders themselves the builders themselves when they you know do, do a, a survey of them they're down under forty percent I think or around forty percent of 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 uh, enthusiasm, I guess. And now a lot of these builders are coming down in new, new home, new home uh, pricing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. I talked about this property many times because I stand here at my window staring at it all day when I'm on the air. Uh, It's the lot right across from me. And I I talked (laughs) about it a year or so ago. The guy bought it and I know the contractor, he's done some work for us. Um, he bought the lot right. and started to build and put in a foundation. He does a lot of concrete work. So he put in the foundation and then the lumber prices went through the roof and he stopped, which was smart. I mean, if he would have built at those prices, that would have been insane because they came way back down again. So he had stopped and he just let it sit right. there and he tried to sell it as a foundation and it didn't move. And then the lumber prices went back down and he started to build. Now, the problem was he I, I have been watching for the last months now, him and his wife, they literally built this house themselves. But he can't find crews. He ended up him and his wife yeah. did almost everything. They brought in electricians and some heating and cooling, but other than that, they have built this house. The two of them. And he's got it on the market now. It's done. And the price he's asking, he probably would have gotten six months ago. He's not going to get it now. He's not even going to get close to it. But I talked to him. He's a pretty young guy. I mean, I would say, I don't think he's 50 yet. I'm probably early 40s. He's done really well. And for the most part, he says he's got this house to, to move. He's got one other that's been on the market for a little bit. He basically said, he said, I think I'm kind of going to retire. He said, I've done okay. He says, I just don't want to work in a market like this. Well, you know, when you, you know, good good for him. He set himself up that way. Um, You know, uh, that's the whole thing. You know, when, when, when the market starts going south on you and you're in, and your industry starts, and you, if you did do the homework and, and did the hard work, like you always saying, you have a little bit of cushion, you can take a step back and then do projects that may interest you. And I'm sure that's what he would in. do, right? Yeah. When, when the real estate market you turns know? around, he'll be back in the game again. Um, he's just. Right. It, right. And there's no reason he shouldn't. Right. No right. reason he shouldn't. Yeah. But it's, I think it's going to be a while. 
I think real estate's going to be ugly. You know the crazy what, thing I heard already? So mortgage rates went over 6% last week. That's the first time since like 2020, yes. I think. Um, they went over 6%. That's a bad sign. And But the, the very next headline I see after I read about the mortgage rates going up over 6% was adjustable rate mortgages are on the rise. Are these people idiots? Do they not understand the basics of, of how all of this works? Just the basics. What have we been hearing for a year now? The Fed will continue to raise interest rates until they get economy, the economy under control. Well, we know when that happens. Right. Typically, they have got right. to match that inflation rate with the interest rate. That's what has to happen. They can't do it too fast because they'll totally crash the economy. But we have to get that rate up to like 8 to 9% because that's where inflation is. Who in their right mind, what idiot would take out an adjustable rate mortgage when mortgage rates are going up? And they, we know they're going to go up for years now. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I don't think there's anyone... I'd say under 35 that understands where rates were historically. I may be a little high on that, Mark, but I think that's about right. Probably. Um, you know, I was selling, I was selling mortgages. I was a mortgage, uh, mortgage broker for a little while and I was selling mortgages. I think it was, oh gosh, it had to be early to mid 2000s. Okay. And we were at, we were at six to seven to eight percent, depending on your rate, rate, credit rating. But I remember six being a pretty normal mortgage rate back then. It, it was, um, it, and you it know, it wasn't. It was maybe oh three, oh four. I'm thinking. Yeah, that sounds about right. And what most people don't realize is at six seven percent when you're in that range, six to eight, and it was kind of bouncing around there for a couple of years. That's the point where. You can look at how much you're borrowing and just realize you're going to pay back almost triple. At that rate, that's about how right. it works out. If you're borrowing 300000 for a house, you're going to pay back 900000 on a 30-year mortgage. Right. And the whole, and the whole the education was if you gave, if you paid your, when you're paying your 30-year mortgage, just going on a 30-year you gave one extra payment a year, you'd knock it down to 25 years and you'd save tons of money. Exactly. It's huge. Just by paying, just by paying one extra payment a year. And there's actually an easy so, way to do it. You make uh, bi-monthly payments. Yeah. Bi make a payment every two weeks. Or bi-weekly, however you say it, right. Yeah, every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and of course, you know, if, if, you, if your credit is good then you're going to get the low end of, of any spectrum that you're, that you're doing. You know, when I first, when I bought a house, one of my first houses, my credit was bad, but I knew I, I made the money. And so I got, I got into a, a five-year arm adjustable mortgage rate. And, and within a year, I had solicited the company that I had the mortgage with to give me a, 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 fixed, a fixed rate loan. Yeah. Which yeah. they did. Well, good. Which they did. It, to, but I did it. I did it for a reason because I knew I had to get into the house, right. and I, you know, I wanted right. the house, and, and yeah, but and I it, knew I showing them a year's worth of payments would 
give me better right. leverage to get a better rate. And that's what's happening now. I get it. The housing market's a mess. The rental market is awful right now. And I, I get people don't want to pay $2,500 a month to rent a house, but that's typical now. And your mortgage could be half of but that. So it, I get right. why people well, I mean, want to I, get into a house, but New York, they're going to make a mistake doing it yeah. right now. Yeah, being from New York, that's an average. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. But when you that's, start, yeah. when that I mean, becomes yeah, but, the know, average the, around the, the country, yeah. that's a problem. Around the country, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. Exactly. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I was talking to my wife about California, and I said, you, you have to make mid mid to mid six figures to live out there in any kind of uh serious house and 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 survive yeah i think california i think is the highest housing market we got right now oh yeah it's that's a just a mess um but we're seeing it yeah. here i mean I, I i'm seeing you know prices that are just well, well let me give you an example um that house across the street that's currently listed at 750 it's is right. it even 1,900 square feet? I'm not sure if it is. They might wow. be 1,700 square feet. Right. Um, the house I'm in, and I'm right across the street, so location, location, my front windows face the river, so I've got the view from the front of my house. They have the same view from the back of theirs. Um, so location is virtually right. identical. Uh, when we bought the original property here was just the original house and one lot. And then we bought all the lots around us and expanded. But when we bought this house, it was 2,900 square feet. And we paid 360000 for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the same with me in Texas. When I moved out of New York and came down to Texas, I bought brand new construction, just under 3,000 square feet. And I paid two nineteen for my house. Yeah. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough because I left New York, I had I had a lot of money in right. my pocket. Yeah, that's you a know. that's a great move and I from sold, New York I sold to the, Texas. I sold the I sold the twelve hundred square foot house with a bigger piece of property in, in, in New York City, Staten Island, where I'm from. I had sixty five by one thirty, which is a Ponderosa in New York. You right. know, like you're looking for you're looking for cows and yeah, and everything. Exactly. So I sold my house in New York for for five seventy. Five seventy. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's crazy. It and is. now, I mean, to even get back up there, that's why I tell my wife to go back to New York would just be, su you know, financial suicide. Uh, oh, yeah. That the taxes, the insurance rates are insane in New York. It's yeah. A, yeah. 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 All right, Fred. Good stuff. Good talking to you uh, again. We're going to move on. The calls are starting to pile up on me. We're going to head off to Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. I say, Kevin. Are we looking at another? I'm afraid to open your oil samples these days. Dude, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look at that. I, well, I, 10,000 miles. Uh, uh, and that's since the last set of new injectors. Kevin, if that doubles, if I'm right, that's 6.4 and 20,000. Let, let's let's sometimes sometimes so 3.4 doesn't bother me that's a good number but you're right it's only 10,000 miles sometimes though 
we don't actually see it double. Sometimes you see it hit that number and then kind of hang out. So I wouldn't panic yet. Let, let's wait the 10,000 and, and see what you're... Let, yeah, wait 10,000. Let, let's see what your number is at 25. Maybe we're going to get lucky. If not... I, I'm, oh, I can't. I, yeah, I'm probably with your last call that it might be time to bail on this thing. Okay. So I think I'll go to about 18. I can't go to 25. <laughs> no, I won't have fingernails left. I'll be a mess. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, 18 to 20. 18, do it again. It, 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 see here, what happens. Here's the thing. If you go to 18 or 20 and it ends up in the threes still, we'll be golden. If you go to 18 to 20 and it's up into the, you know, fives, we've got a problem again. And what do you do now? I mean, really, I, I, this is one of those, I don't even know what I would do. A lot of times, you know, I just answer a question, well, what would I do? I, I don't know what I would do. This is so frustrating. Right. Right. And there again, what the hell do you buy? You know, Volvo yeah. Mac, you can't get them fixed. You know, here's, they got so many problems, you can't even in-frame their engine. They, I don't know. You I know, really here's, don't. Here's, here's another way that I might look at this, just given the situation we're in. That six months from now, there are going to be deals everywhere. There are going to be bargains on yeah, I know. newer low-mileage trucks. There, there's going to be bargains everywhere in six months. Why not just take the approach now on this truck? No matter what the next sample looks like, you're just going to make this thing last six more months to a year. So it's got high fuel dilution. So we'll change our oil every 10 or 15,000 miles and we'll dump a couple gallons of Lucas in it. Why not? I mean, what, what are we going to hurt right. at this point? Right. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I got a good one for you. Okay. About a month, about a month ago, I run out of light balance and I thought, I'm just going to see what happens if I go without it. <laughs> well, I never, I never said anything to my wife and here three or four or five days ago, I told her, I said, I don't know what is going on, but my legs are so stinking sore. I feel like I've been running marathons. It's yep. awful. Climbing in and out of the truck is a chore. Yeah. She said, well, why'd you quit light balance? I said, well, I run out. She said, no, you didn't. There's another bottle in there. That's why I didn't see it. So I, so I started on it Friday this past weekend. I did two capfuls, Saturday, two capfuls, Sunday, two capfuls. Here it is Monday. It's not a hundred percent, but I'm about 90% not sore. You ever heard of that? Happens to me every time. And I'll do the same thing. We'll run out oh. of light balance, and I'll think, the warehouse is right there. I could walk to it and get some more, but I don't. I, You know, I think, ah, it's not going to hurt. I'll get it later. And a couple days later, things start hurting. Oh, wow. I tend to end up with, <laughs> with, with muscle cramps. But I do notice more muscle soreness during that time, too. My first indication will be about three days oh, yeah. after I stop taking it, my feet will start to cramp up first. And then I'll start to get calf cramps. And it happens every time. And I, you can't eat um, much cleaner than I do, especially this time of year. Um, all of my meat is completely clean. 
and we don't eat out hardly ever, and the rest of my food is all coming out of the garden. And yet I still, I, I, I just supplement with light balance. I've tried not doing it, and it just never works. Wow, that's crazy. What's your opinion on dehydration to make homemade beef jerky? A buddy of mine brought some. They just took a beef roast, sliced it, marinated it in some kind of, I don't know what kind of spice concoction, and dehydrated it. Holy crap, was that stuff good. But I can tell by the taste, it's got sugar in it. Does the sugar level go away like it does when you smoke and cure in a dehydration process? Somewhat. You know, there, there's we use sugar as a cure for meat before we make jerky. So right. one of the best ways to make jerky is to mix about half salt, half sugar, and literally bury the meat in that half salt, half sugar, and that cures it. Then you can smoke it, dehydrate it, however you're going to do that. But curing helps the meat last even longer. You can do uncured jerky but it won't last as long. And a lot of times then you've got to refrigerate it, which kind of defeats the purpose. Um, but, but that is the process for making jerky. Now, how much sugar they put in their marinade and their cure can matter, but curing it, we're virtually washing off all the sugar. When you use a marinade though, and you have a high amount of sugar in the marinade that will get absorbed into the meat. And if you are tasting sweet, then there's there's some sugar there, but we're talking really really small amounts. I mean, it's hard unless this thing has like a sticky glaze on it. Then you might be getting large amounts of sugar. But if this is basically just meat that's been marinated and cured, there's only so much sugar you're going to get in there, and it's not much really. Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's All a pretty right, Kevin, small. All right, Kevin, I'll let you be. All right, well, uh, let, you know, this isn't as bad as as what it seems. Like I said, I think your goal here is just keep this thing running till there's a bargain out there. They're going to come. Sure. Okay. All right, we will talk to you All soon. Right. We're going to head off this time to Washington. Eric, welcome to the program. Oh, hey, Kevin. Um, now I've got two things, but it, let me start with what I called in about the, you were talking about, you know, property and whatnot and the economy. Yeah. And something that happened to me the last time I was home was I got my card from the county doing the property taxes or the property value assessment. Yeah. And now here, as you know, a short background, I live in the southwest corner of Washington on a sand spit peninsula straight north of Astoria, Oregon. I know, right where you are. I bought this place in 2016. Yeah, okay. I, I bought this place in 2016 as a foreclosure. Um, paid like 65, 65 grand for it, cash. Nice. <laughs> I've never had any money or time to put into actually rebuilding it. Okay. This place could use a good coat of fire. Okay. So, I the, the water heater hasn't worked since day one. I ripped it out. We meaning to move it. Never got around to it. So when I do take a shower at home, I'm definitely wind hopping it. Got it. Because it comes straight out of my well. That's cold. 
the roof has two lumber tarps on it to keep the water from pouring inside every time it rains. <laughs> and the punchline here is my uh, last year's value of this property. It's a three tax lot out of the eight on the block. It's on a corner lot with a, on a busy road. Uh, its value was $150,000 according to the county. And I paid over $1,600 last year for property taxes. They just raised the value to $200,000 on me. Yeah. That's a 33% increase in value. Yeah. Yeah, you know why? Oh, I know why. (laughs) Because they want... They want my property taxes to go up. That's well, what they want. yes and no. That that obviously that's part of it. Government want, always wants more of our money, but really we can blame a lot of this on the hedge funds like BlackRock and the real estate companies like Zillow that went out and spent stupid amounts of money buying properties because they knew they could turn around and sell them and make a profit until they couldn't, and then Zillow got stuck with a ton of properties they couldn't get rid of. But that's what's messed up our rental market. It's what's messed up our real estate market. And you just brought up another area that it messes up that we haven't talked about. Um, Property taxes go up because of this kind of stuff. Why doesn't it go down if somebody like Zillow has a bunch of properties they can't sell? Well, because the, the, our taxes are based on... Well, they it will go down. It's starting to now. But the problem is these counties almost never go back and adjust property values down. So every time we have I one mean, of these run-ups... I have gone down over the last six years. But well, that's good. Good. It, it usually doesn't. But, you know, over these last couple of big real estate run-ups, yeah, we get hit with higher taxes. Well, what sucks is I actually tried to sell my house in the summer of 2020, as is. You know, it's like, hey, people buy fixer-uppers or tear-downs all the time. But all I got were looky-loos who wanted to buy something they could move into. And I'm like... I listed this place as a, you're not going to move into it. Yeah, right. And yet right. I didn't get any action on it at all. Yeah. I was like, well, whatever. Okay. So maybe I'll just keep it because for one thing, while the town around me has public water, I'm on a well still, which is even nice. though they keep threatening to meter my well, I'd be like, yeah, that's when the war starts. Yeah. It's when you try to throw a meter on my well. But, you know, every time they have an infiltration because of something and people can't use their water for a week, I don't have any problem because my well is good. Yeah, no, exactly. But, I when we mouth, when we bought property over in Washington on the other side of the river, I made sure it had its own water source. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd actually I I wanted to move to someplace like South Dakota, except that where I wanted to move to South Dakota, the only thing available was bare, undeveloped land, and to drill a well there starts at $50,000. Yeah. Because the water yeah. table well, is like 200 feet down through rock. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the, some of the hottest real estate markets now are like Montana, Wyoming. It's that whole Yellowstone phenomenon. The uber rich went wanted to be out away from everything and they all want big ranches in Montana and Wyoming now and they drove those prices through the roof 
I just wanted to get away from any place that, you know, supported the stolen election of 2020. Well, they, they, they kind right. of do, anyway, too, was, but they, they, you know, won't always admit that. And they have enough money that they're they're making those prices crazy. Forget buying anything around Jackson well, Hole. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. But anyway, the you know Jackson Hole. But anyway, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, they're the ones that screwed everything. They were all Californians to start with, and then they moved to places like Oregon and Washington. Paid three times for properties what they were worth. It screwed everybody else over. But they also brought their politics with us. With yeah. them. Yep. And so now you can't live anywhere without on a coast that has any kind of a conservative leaning at all. No. Nope. But, That's for sure. All right. The other thing I wanted to ask about was the light balance. Everybody, everybody keeps talking about light balance. And I've used it for years, but I think I'm starting to get away from it. I, I wanted to ask you what your relationship Light balance is a bottle of water with some minerals in it. Whereas if we were buying Redmond Relight, it's minerals in powder form that you can put into your own water. So I just like to know why you stick with the light balance after all this time. Results. That's the only answer I can give you. We've looked at, at powders because they ship so much easier and, and logically they should work and they just don't ever seem to work as well. I don't know what they did at that, what they've got so right about this formulation, but that if we, we have talked many times about starting to create our own products. That that's our next evolution is our own products. And, you know, we've kind of looked at what should the first one be. And we've gone back and forth between light balance, trying to recreate that product or brain octane, which is drop dead simple. I absolutely know I can recreate brain octane. It's easy. The light balance, I'm not so sure because I've experimented with other mineral supplement products and they, I just don't get the same results. And I'm, I'm one of those people that it seems like I never really get uh, the obvious reaction to things that other people get. Well, here's you the know, thing. Even, even brain Here's, octane, here's you know? the thing. If I don't get results out of a supplement, I would stop taking it. I, I don't like the idea that when, we, when they talk about a supplement, they talk about these long-term benefits. Yeah, I don't trust anybody anymore. If I don't get a result, a noticeable result, I'm not taking it. Yeah, you see, that's, that's kind of my point. I mean, I I do believe in electrolytes, you know. Well, maybe you don't need them. Maybe, I wish I didn't need them. But, I mean, that's what well, we keep talking about. What is it about, what are we missing that enough people still, and, and it's not just us. Every practitioner I work with or talk to has a mineral supplement they recommend and it's one of their most recommended products this is a common occurrence when sure. people start eating this way and it, it confuses us all we're not sure why but not everybody needs well, it and if you don't and if you take it and nothing changes then don't take it you you may just not well, need that I, I supplementation at all 
I, I know, I know it works in certain cases. Like I'm a flat better and sometimes I'm just worn out after loading something in the heat and everything. And it, I, I do believe that it helps hydrate us again. Um, my, my big thing about light balance is, isn't that light balance doesn't work or anything. It's just that in the serving size, you're getting less of the minerals than you are in, for example, uh, relight. It's not the only one I've tried. I try elements and everything too. But, you know, for a scoop of the powder of, of relight, Redmond's relight, you're getting more stuff in it. And you're also not paying for all the excess water that you're paying for with the light balance. And if it works, I, then just, use it. That's just my point of view. Okay. So, well, so that's, that's, let me ask you this. That's what I was trying when, to When you do that product, you do what, what results? Yes, I did. I said that earlier, that, that the reason we stick with light balance <laughs> well, is results. That when I've tried the other products, I don't get the okay. same results. So let me ask you, when you use this Redmond product, what uh-huh. results do you get? Well, to me, it's about the same, honestly. But, but you I said mean, you don't it, get any real benefit from taking light balance. So if you say it's the same, then you're not getting any real benefit from this. No, Why are you taking it at all? So that, that, was, well, all right. that was my point earlier was that I'm not one who gets... You know, obvious results from pretty much any supplements. Then why eat. take them? Now, I, I, I'll admit, I'm still fighting my diet. You know, I mean, I'm still. I'm, well, that I'm may be the biggest part diet, of the problem. So I'm working on it. That may be the bigger part Maybe. of the problem. But, but if, if forget, forget this product for a second. Any supplement, if you're taking supplements and you say I just don't get results, then stop taking them. I, I don't take many. I, like I do, I use the D three K two drops because I know damn well I'm not getting any sunshine. Well, hold, but hold, on, but hold on, but hold, hold on. Be, so let me show you why I take D. Because I get results. If I don't take it, I test my vitamin D levels. They're low. I take a vitamin D supplement and I test them, and they're high where I want them. That's a result. Do you get that same result? I don't, I haven't tested. But the thing is, do you, you test it and it comes out high, but do you feel any different when, you're, when your D is high as opposed to when your D is low? I don't feel different that I can explain, but I can tell you one result that seems pretty consistent. I don't get sick. The one time I let my that D long. level get low in the last eight years, one time, and it was the only time in eight years I've been sick. And I was horribly sick for four days, really bad. Wasn't COVID, I thought it was, but it wasn't. But so, yeah, there's a result. If I let my vitamin D levels get low, you are much more likely to catch something. It has a big impact on your immune system. So again, that's a result that I've been able to measure over the years. Well, that's part of why I use it is not because I'm testing for it, but because I believe that it is good. So might as well take it as opposed to not, you know, the, um, I don't get sick. I think I may have had COVID the first week of March in 2020 only because I had the first cold I've had in my adult memory, but you it was a mild have. cold. I didn't yeah. even need to take anything for it. So who knows? You may have, but you know, I occasionally get a, a bout of hay fever, but you know, those are did, few and far between compared to how they used to be, so just, I don't know. Just one other way we screwed up the whole pandemic 
what we should have focused on right yeah. from the very beginning, and we never did, we still don't, there should just be a good at-home antibody test. There's a whole, there's a, lots and lots of people that have no idea whether they've ever had COVID or not. I'm one of them. I don't think I have, but, but I might have. And as I understood it, the, the antibody tests that they do have are only good for a short period of time anyway. Well, that's like, what I mean. They, we, I, I, but we from, could have developed a better test. There are none. It, nobody bothered to try. Yeah, well, I, I am... I'm full-on conspiracy theorist when it comes to the COVID crap anyway. I don't think it was ever serious. It's just that they had an opportunity to make it sound serious so that they could do all this crap to us that they did for the last two years. Well, yeah, so, you know, yeah there's that, too. But this ain't the pit, so... <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, well, that was that was just my... My question about the light balance is just, I just feel like I get more from the, another product that, you know, they're both not cheap, but, you know, I, I don't like paying for things that are, you know, 80, 90% water when I have water. I can get but, water anyway. So unless they're, you know. If you have a powdered product that works, use it. Okay. I mean, I, I like buying from you guys. I try to support you as much and, as I and can. I, I, I appreciate that. I don't that, need but, from you anymore. Right. And I appreciate <laughs> that. But I tell people all the time, don't buy it. If you don't need it, don't buy it. And if we had found a, a powdered product that I liked better, we would have switched. But we haven't. I, I like this product. It works really well. We get really good results from it. Lots of people have been taking it every day for the last eight years. And when they quit, they don't like it. So... Yeah, this is one we're sticking with. We even, like I said, we were looking at developing yeah. our own. And and if, if I can't produce something better than what we're already using, why would I do it? It's kind of like the whole Cardio Miracle thing. We were weeks right. away from releasing our own product. It was almost done. And we scrapped the whole thing. Just said, it, it, why would we that. bring out a product that is not as good as what, what we've got in the store now? Because you were also wanting to come out with your own line of beet kebabs, weren't you? Or something, maybe that was part of that same product. Uh, well, it would have been a fermented beet. Our, our, our product was basically a fermented beet product with some other nutrients. But we didn't come near to the level of what... And, and that's what Cardio Miracle is, too. It's got beets as the base. They just did a really good job of formulating the rest of it. Now I'll admit I, I do I do like the Cardio Miracle I do use it I can't say that it's doing anything outstanding for me I don't know and I don't carry blood pressure cuff with me because blood pressure varies so wildly that I really wouldn't be able to say whether or not it was you sure know, you actually would. the sure you, or not. sure sure you would well sure you would even though it varies wildly there's still a very clear pattern. It only takes me about a week to identify a clear pattern that my lowest blood pressure okay. will be this. My highest blood pressure will be this. There's my range. And now I start taking something and my range will should move down and it will. And it will take us a week or two to measure that. I mean, I could do that whole test in a month. Easy. Okay. Well, when I say wildly, I mean, when I've gone in for testing, I've tested initially as high as like 
190 over 120. Let, let, let and me then give you. I wait 15 give you, minutes and it's, you know, 130 over 80. <laughs> correct. And that's how blood pressure works. I just had a great example of this. Lisa had to go in for some procedures, and they take her blood pressure, and it was through the roof. It's like 190 over 110. And, you know, they're panicking, and she's like, well, I've been really worried about this. I'm anxious about the procedure. After the procedure was over, she was immediately down to like 110 over 70. That's what blood pressure does. That's why we check it ourselves, and we don't just depend on a once a year reading from the doctor. We take it from ourselves so we learn what those patterns are. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Now, the one thing I can tell people, let's say that you do get those crazy high readings once in a while, but you never really get down to normal readings. That's a real problem. Now, like Lisa, she actually, throughout the day, she runs low blood pressure now. She, hers used to be high before the diet. The diet brought it down to normal. And Cardio Miracle took it lower than what they call normal, but she has no negative side effects. So lower is better. There's no negative side effects from it. But that's that's the whole point. We measure it so that we know the well, things we've done are changing it the, the way we want it to change. But they keep sliding that normal scale on its team. Well, so ignore I, them. Most of my I, I don't, life I don't that I can care. remember. I don't care my, about them. Well, I mean, 120 over 80 is well, a pretty good number. As far as the DOT physicals go, but well, he, my, my entire life, 140 over 90 was right about where my blood pressure was sitting the whole time. Well, it wasn't. You know, whether I was heavy or not. That wasn't but, good, though. You know, that now they're trying to get us down to 120 something. 120 over 80, I think, is a good place to be. And if you can get lower than that, that's a better place to be. So, yeah, I don't. I don't they move the number down so they can put more people on drugs. I don't care about that, but the, but the, a lower range on blood pressure is not a bad thing to shoot for. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I get that. I just mean that it's, well, yeah, yeah that, that normal. They, just, when, right. they, when they say something's normal. Well, and we but, have to go. Know, nor, yeah, normal that's, is also what. That's their what normal. Got me stuck on a CPAP machine because my neck is thicker than normal, but whatever. Correct. Right. And my weight, but you know, um, one the, the one last thing about the cardio miracle that just popped back in my head. You were talking to somebody else about how many times or how much you take of it. Did you ever test to see if yours was any better taking like two in the morning and two before bed, or is one and one perfectly good if you don't ever need to take more than that? I I. Can't no, tell a, I can't tell much of a difference between one serving and two. I I I I, okay. I lean towards two servings every day now, honestly, because I have just gotten into the habit of sipping on it all day long, and I really enjoy it. So I really do two more because I just like having something, and it keeps me hydrated. That is the one result I see when I go to two servings a day my hydration levels stay better because I'm drinking a lot more water to get that second serving in. And it really helps my hydration and I enjoy it. But I don't notice any real result. 
when I take one, I see my energy levels are better. Um, I don't get that lactic acid buildup in muscles like I do when I'm not taking it. But when I take two, I don't see any real improvement over just taking one. I, I stick to two mostly because, well, one, that's how the directions say to do it. But I take one in the morning with my first water and then one in the evening right before I go to bed. That, that seems to work well. For some reason, yeah. it, it likes to work on your body when you've got nothing else in your system. That, that, that's, and like I said, I just enjoy it and it keeps me hydrated. But if I stop taking it, I can tell you what the results will be. But if I cut from two a day to one a day, nothing really changes. So if it were a if, if it were a if it were a cost issue, I would go back to one a day. Why take two? I mean, it's fairly expensive stuff. Why do two if I'm not getting better results? Well, I'm willing sure. to spend the money just because I enjoy that second cup, and it keeps me more hydrated. But if but if budget were an issue, I would say no. Just, just do one. Hydration thing is also why I I've tried other electrolytes because I just like having something in my water and I know that electrolytes are a hell of a lot better than you know crystal light or something. Exactly. So. Right. All right, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's head off to New York. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey Kevin, um, just thinking about poor Herschel. Oh. I really don't think he wants to get rid of that truck. Um, has he been to two shops or just one? It, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, I, really seem like they're very interested in this problem. I, I don't even know if they believe him. Yeah, I can't remember the whole history of where he's been. What I know we've been through several sets of injectors and it, this just keeps coming back. I think maybe uh, I'd give Pittsburgh Power a crack at this. I, I know the truck's been there, but again, I, I don't I don't know the history of what's been done where. And, you know, as much as I love Pittsburgh Power, we went through the same thing with them. They they had a real run of problems with 12-7 injectors. That, that was at the peak of, you know, when, when we were trying to build so many gliders and we were rebuilding all the older trucks and... You know, we know Fitzgerald started building blocks that they shouldn't have been. And and we were just short on parts everywhere. And the part quality went down. And we fought that injector issue for a couple of years back then. And and I think, again, we're just we're back there again. There, there's just not enough good quality injectors on the market. And a lot of times it's not the installation that's the problem. It's the injector itself. Yeah, and that that could be. I'd be looking at a different source. Of yeah, injectors, something. Maybe the Delphi's. You know, it's 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 hard though. Maybe trying to. Yeah, I mean, think about it from Herschel's point of view here. You, every time it happens, you're it's that much harder to go try it again. You know, I'm going to spend all that money again. Oh, what if these oh, fail? Yeah. You know, I I I. Right. So I'm to yeah. the point, honestly, where I let it let it go high on the fuel dilution keep enough lucas in there and change your oil more often and let's just keep running this thing yeah and i mean with all of them being so fresh and with possible probability of 
a bad one in every batch, I'd be trying to single them out. Well, now you bring up another good point. You know? You're right. If you were going to attempt to to fix this thing, I, I think you're right. The better approach would be stop doing six packs and let's see if we can identify one bad injector and replace it. Yeah. And maybe even, well, that's way out of where he runs. I know. I know PDI does something where they like throw them in a fish tank or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, so, but again, do, you know, not. the difference between replacing one and six, the labor's all the same cost. Just about. It's the, you're only saving on the parts. Right, it's still right. a big repair, and but I, if you were going to go forward and try to fix it, that would be the better approach now because what could be happening is you've got six new injectors in there, one's bad. And let's say it's number three. We pull all those six out, we put six new in, and now number one is bad. Right. We're, we're going to keep getting yeah. one bad injector. And, and that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're right. If, if you wanted to go forward, you should start working to identify the bad injector and try just replacing one at a time. But that gets expensive too. Yeah, um, that's all I got. I just you know yeah. hate to see a top uh, seven to give it up. I know, <laughs> I know. And it isn't like we think this is a bad block. This this might be a very serviceable engine. We just need some good injectors for it. Yeah, I'll just drop it off at my house. I'll take it. There you go. There you go. I'll send him your address. <laughs> All right, Brian, thanks for the call. Looks like we're going to wrap this up for today. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Looks like we have a call coming in. Um, Angie, go ahead and grab that call. Um, I'll take it if you want to get that one screened. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to jump into any of my topics because they were all fairly long. Um, I'll just go back and kind of reiterate what I've been saying this is the time where we are in the economy, where we are in the industry, where we are with rates, the time to focus on yourself. That's what this is. Focus completely on yourself. Sharpen the saw. Upgrade your skills. Stay positive. Set a big goal. I think that's a key right now. Set a big goal. And if you need help, on how to set a big goal, what your big goal should be, call me. I can help you with that. We'll talk about it. But uh, I think that's a really important thing for people to do right now. Set a big goal and then focus your time, your effort, and your money on that goal. It's really the best thing for you to do right now. Everybody wants to know, where do I invest? Not in the stock market, not in real estate, not in a business yet. Invest in yourself right now. Let's uh, let's head off to Washington. Dillback, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Okay. Uh, about the cardio vehicle. Yeah. Uh, in the morning, I, uh, in the morning, I mix with my water. Okay. At night time, 
nighttime I mix in my yogurt. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that. That's actually really good, too. The flavor in yogurt is really oh. good. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, that, okay. That's a great yeah, way to do it. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, like at nighttime, you know, if I, uh, I try to put it in the water, then I have to wake up for the pee. Uh, that's actually a good point. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't want to, to consume that much water late in the evening. That's a really good point. Yogurt's a great way to do it. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is working good for me. Good. And, uh, good. I got some other supplements. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right, uh, we are going to wrap this up real quick. One of the things we're... Um, we're working on right now and trying to plan some things. Um, we are working on doing more video in a series on kind of food, food from start to finish. There's some gardening stuff, fermenting, canning. Um, obviously, it's top of mind for us right now because we're doing a ton of all that. And we're trying to, you know, take pictures, get some video and really kind of put that together, maybe even as courses here soon. So we'll keep you updated on that. I'm going to wrap this up today. We will see you back here tomorrow for the power hour and the pit. Uh, I think we've got a pretty normal week on the schedule this week. I can't remember if we have any guests or not. I know we've got uh, Eric from Garmin coming up pretty soon. We'll do some updates there. Uh, We're going to go back to bringing on more guests Um, we're going to get back to that here soon as well. So um, pretty normal week this week. We'll, uh, We'll keep you updated and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.